Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Tennis Weekly with Joel and Kim, sponsored by DownloadTennis.com. On today's US Open Draw Preview. Emma Raducani begins her title defence against Elise Cornet. Novak Djokovic is forced to miss his second slam of the year. And Serena Williams prepares for her final farewell in New York City. Kim, today is the 26th of August and we are here to catch up on the US Open draws at Tennis Weekly HQ. We have the final Grand Slam of the year rolling into view, US Open, New York City. As always, very, very exciting. And it's particularly exciting for us at Tennis Weekly HQ because it's not just you and me doing the draw preview. For the very first time in Tennis Weekly history, in passing shot history... We've also got Chris on board for our, our draw preview episode. Exactly, exactly. I'm very pleased to be here. And I think it's um, <laughs> the perfect opportunity that if we all predict different things, one of us must be close <laughs> to being right. I think that's what the theory was getting me on this week. Well, exactly, exactly. We've, 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 we've got you on board. Yeah, we've all got different predictions. I mean, let's be honest, the draw preview, it's just one big prediction, isn't it? It's one hot mess, uh, Joel and Chris. I mean, and yeah, I think the more the merrier because one of us is bound to be right, perhaps, in like yes. one of our Tennis Weekly got it right. Yes, we could hopefully, hopefully just say, yes, we got it right this one time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really exciting. We have a, we're finishing off the qualifying today, but it's raining in New York. I've got it on the telly um, as we're recording, but um, play has has suspended itself uh, due to the weather. So hopefully they'll get back up and running. But um, we'll be running through both of the women's and men's singles draws today, won't we? And um, I mean, before we get onto the actual draws, um, I guess we have to address the news that we were all expecting, which is the fact that Novak Djokovic is not playing the US Open this year due to the fact that he hasn't had the COVID vaccination and the US federal government's vaccination policy for non-US citizens is that they're not allowed in the country if they're not vaccinated. Um, bit of fallout in terms of the timing of Novak's uh, decision to withdraw officially. What do both of you think about about the timing? I, mean, I know there's been a bit of hoo-ha on social media. We were kind of expecting that a little bit, weren't we? But um, what do you, I mean, the implications that this has for the for the players that kind of are forced to um, maybe qualify when they wouldn't have needed to. What's your assessment of this well i i was just looking at the u.s open statement kim the u.s open statement on this probably the most politically and diplomatically written statement of all like really really carefully worded it was saying novak Djokovic withdrew from the 2022 u.s open prior to the draw taking place this morning the official seeding list is not determined until the draw is made as the qualifying tournament has commenced his withdrawal resulted in a lucky loser being included in the draw And I think, as you said, it's that sentence which has really kind of caused a bit of debate and this feeling of, well, if he knew he was going to withdraw, why didn't he do it before the qualifying tournament took place? Because the top ranked players here in that qualifying draw, there's a big difference, isn't there, between prize money, ranking points on offer um, from getting, you know, having to go through, you know, three matches versus getting kind of direct entry in and I can understand from my point of view I can understand that perspective and I've seen kind of more lower ranked players come out and and talk about this and you know I think Liam Brody said it to me kind of very very well in terms of you know the fact that if you know you're going to withdraw then I think you should be withdrawing and not really kind of holding that back I think there's a for me there's an honesty there that I think you know, it's almost kind of among tennis players that, that you should be doing that, I think, is my is my take out. It definitely speaks to something a bit bigger uh, that's happening kind of across tennis. There are a lot of late withdrawals for reasons that, I mean, a lot of mm. us did see this coming. I think it would be uh, a lie to say that we did not think this would be 
the case in terms of the fact that the policy was unlikely to change in terms of entry to the US. But as Joel says, it, it, it does skew with the draw. It does cause some problems and kind of implications for some of the lower ranked players in terms of Grand Slams hold big prize money. But it's been happening more and more. I think um, uh, like Kerber, for example, obviously it's fantastic news that she's pregnant and she's uh, missing the tournament for that reason. Uh, but it, obviously it was quite a late withdrawal, which has a similar uh, impact in terms of uh, what happens to who would be the top ranked top seed in qualifying. They might not get through qualifying, whereas they would be a direct acceptance to the draw. But uh, I mean, what what solution is there to this would be the question that I'd ask. Yeah, and I think, you know, you can't as a player, if you're on the cusp of, you know, direct entry versus qualifying, you can't really rely on people to withdraw to be able no. to get in. You have to just you know, get your ranking up there at the end of the day. It's just a nice bonus when you maybe do get a direct entry that maybe numerically you wouldn't have got normally. I think there is that argument to say, you know, if you've played really well and earned your, you know, your right to be up there in terms of the rankings, then then you should have the freedom to do what you, you know, to do what you want to do. And I think, you know, for me that, that you know, is fair enough. And you, if you want to, you know, wait and see and, and have that approach, then... I think if you've played well enough to get yourself up the rankings to get into the main draw, then there is a part of me that just thinks, well, then, yeah, fair play. You know, you've you've earned that you've earned that right in in my book. And building on that, I remember I think it was at the Australian Open that Venus Williams turned up on court and didn't actually she did the warm up and then potentially Mm. she played a couple of games and then she was injured. Yeah. And would it be better if players turned up, you know, and you're in a situation where potentially she wanted to give it her best shot, see if she could? Obviously, injury is different, but that didn't result with someone else taking the place in the draw. So at least in this situation, a lucky loser's gained an opportunity uh, and they are filling, obviously, the draw with someone who will get the chance who's won some matches in qualifying. Mm, that's true. Do you remember if, uh, was it Katie Bolter who was, in, who was injured but didn't withdraw because she wanted to, I think, just basically get the prize money because you know she's an up-and-coming player big money on on offer from you know from grand slams and uh you know as a result she didn't you know withdraw and again that caused a bit of debate and uh yeah i feel like there's kind of plenty of reasons but for me i think the the honesty approach for me is should be kind of the the approach that players should take you know there's a big community there and they should be looking out for each other. They should be helping each other. And I think just to keep it simple, if you can withdraw early, do it, right? Yeah, exactly. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Righty-ho, let's, let's, let's put that bit to bed then. <laughs> Novak, you've been told. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm just glad we don't have all that shenanigans that we had in Australia mm. at the start of the year with him trying to, you know, get through the you know exemption kind of I sort of miss it I sort of miss it you really want a court case you know in in the middle of the night and and fans on the street like rioting yeah um it was interesting because I think I felt like in the media they were trying to portray it in that way that maybe there was this faintest of hope that there was going to be this sort of last chance turnaround or last chance um you know way that that Djokovic could play but you know I think credit to kind of the USGA you know they they put out their point of view very very early on in terms of they weren't going to go and try and get an exemption for him and we've known this for a long time and actually it's made it just a normal news story as you said compared to kind of the Australian Open when it just got wildly out of control and ultimately led to a media circus yeah and getting mm. him getting deported. Yeah, it was an absolute circus, wasn't it? And uh, let's let's start looking at the draws now. Let's let's start on the men's side because um as a result of, of Djokovic not being there, you know, um well I, I mean Medvedev is is the world number one anyway. He's the defending champion. He is actually the first non big four member to be seeded number one at a slam in nineteen years, oh apparently. My goodness. So <laughs> this is history is making. That's crazy. <laughs> Apparently so, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. As even as an Andy Murray fan, I completely forgot that he he had three grand slams in him when he was the top seed. Yeah. No, exactly. He finished year end number one as well. If he, did, was it twice? Mm. I want to say that could be wrong, but definitely once. Yes. Um, and then shortly after, kind of all went mm. downhill, unfortunately. Um, but Medvedev, yeah, he's the top of the draw, um, opening up uh, defending champion. And I mean, in this section of the draw, we have got another defending champion, not another defending champion, another former champion in Dominic Team uh, on a wild card. Well, technically, is he defending champion? Because he hasn't played since that. 
yeah. that championships when he beat you know Zverev in the final. And that was only two years ago. So yeah, he wasn't there last year, was he? Because he was injured. So okay, he's kind of defending of, of, of some sort. <laughs> Semi defending. <laughs> don't don't um, give him that pressure. Got... I'm not sure he can handle it. <laughs> well, you know, he did just lose to Jack Draper a couple mm. of days ago, so I'm not sure he's going to be at the level required to defend. Had a title. really bizarre win, didn't he? Against uh, was it against Grigor Dimitrov when he he lost the first set on a was it on a bagel, a bagel. and then Dimitrov retired. When team was a breakup in the second, correct? Yeah, that was a bit of an odd one. I think Dimitrov was ill, or you know, had to had to obviously get off the court. So a uh, bit, bit of a funny one there. But um, yeah, we've got team, we've got Medvedev, PCB is in this draw as well, mm. recent Masters 1000 champion, and a certain Nick Kyrgios. So um, Chris, let's let's start with you. What do you think is going to, who do you think is going to come out of this section? Are we going with Kyrgios? Are we, are we expecting a Kyrgios Medvedev matchup in the fourth round? So could, I could think, I think we will. I think um, I'd have liked Kyrgios, well, not liked, is the wrong word but I would like someone to have told Kyrgios to sit out a couple of weeks prior to the US Open after he kind of got that title in Washington because I think he kind of played a bit too much he was looking knackered last he week he really in, was in he, he didn't necessarily kind of want want to be there I think and it showed a little bit and he's obviously had that kind of a turning point where he's really enjoying being on the court again he's saying and I think you don't want to push it too much to the point where you're not able to enjoy it all the time but I think he will turn it on he loves the crowd and I think he will definitely get himself into that match and I think that it would be um, a tight match. I think that I have got him coming through that one. That is definitely a prediction. Obviously, the Kokonakis match will be an interesting one. Not sure how he fares playing against kind of his his pals. Never easy. Um, And hopefully it won't affect their doubles performance. They won't fall out over it. I've also got Felix doing well in this section. I think that this is a good opportunity for him. He's a bit hot and cold at the moment. But I think great opportunity for him to live up to his seeding uh what do you think joel he's an interesting one i mean he could face jack draper early on in in his campaign uh which i'm would be excited to see you know jack draper's had a great week in winston-salem getting to the the quarterfinals he said good win over dominic team has rusevori um of finland in the first round so i've got a little bit of my my eye on that but yeah as you said for me nick kyrios is the player who I was really excited by, you know, in terms of you know, how he started the, the, you know, the hard court swing, um, you know, winning the title in, in Washington, D.C. Did fade a little bit, um, I think. And I'm hoping he is kind of rejuvenated and, and refreshed for this. And again, it will be fascinating to see how that match goes against Kokinakis, someone he you know, plays doubles with, has, has won grand slams with. And uh, whether we see like the friendly Nick Kyrgios on on that court, or whether he's still going to be, you know, have that sort of animosity to him, despite you know playing one of his friends. But I think he does have a quite a tricky draw because he could also face Roberto Batista Agut um, before you know a potential matchup with with Medvedev. And for me, a player like RBA is like so consistent to a point that it could just annoy. Nick Kyrgios uh, in to a point that he just sort of gives up and and you know I could see maybe RBA doing you know really really well there so I think I think he's feeding in balls Joel I think he, he would be a ball machine for Kyrgios mm. oh do you think I think maybe it would oh, be okay. a, a lot of the the same sort of ball that he might be able to comfortably do something with but I don't know Kim do you think we're doing a disservice to Medvedev um, no, I think with RBA, just on that uh, point, yes. he is one of those players that has a long, he he, <laughs> he can outlast in a five set match, mm. can't he? Because he doesn't really show, I don't think he's someone that gets too emotionally kind of involved. He's just can be a bit of a brick wall. So if Kyrgios is having an off day, yeah, I could see him coming unstuck against mm. someone like an RBA. As for Kyrgios Medvedev, oh, oh, I've gone for Kyrgios as well, just because of how we saw him kind of progress through the Wimbledon draw if he hadn't have reached the final of Wimbledon I would not be saying this probably um but I just think we, we've seen a sort of new side to to him but I, I haven't got curious to go like all the way but um I don't know Medvedev for me hasn't been entirely convincing you know he's been losing in a lot of finals this year hasn't necessarily been that, that cutthroat kind of uh contender that we maybe need him to be so um I've still got yeah, I mean, this is a tricky one. And like you said with Felix, he could go either way, I think, with that one. But I would love to see him play Draper in the second round. If if Draper can get past Rusevor, I mean, he's had some great results of late. So I think yeah. that, that, is a winnable, that is a winnable match. 
I think so. I mean, he's he's such he's playing on such confidence and momentum at the moment. Um, he's really, really progressing nicely. It's not to say Rusevori is going to be a walk in the park. I think he's had a pretty decent season so far. So that is going to be certainly a tough one. But I think we'd all love to see what you know Jack Draper can do. You know, teenager versus teenager. You know, against you know Felix Ojeleseem, another player who is you know coming up slowly, slowly getting there. You know, made. You know, has made quarterfinals at a Grand Slam for the first time this year. So, yeah, I would really love to see that, just to see how, ex- how excited I'm allowed to get about Jack Draper. I also, in this section, have either PCB or ADM, potentially. Like, I okay. was toying with one of them making it through to even, like, a semi-final. Well, PCB has reached the semis here twice before, not to forget. There is quite a few three three initialed players here isn't there we've got adm we need a glossary i had to figure that i had to figure adm out (laughs) (laughs) and fa and And faa (laughs) what is it with all these like double barreled well not double barreled but um just spanish names i guess yeah (laughs) um i mean let's look at the second quarter of the draw because this one is kind of headlined by stefanos Tsitsipas at one end and Casper Ruud at the other. Um, and then, I mean, actually, this is a pretty packed section, I think, because you've also got Matteo mm. Berrettini and Taylor Fritz and a certain Andy Murray uh, vying to, to get through to certain, you know, round, I suppose, at some extent. Um, who are you thinking from this section? Tough. Mm. Really tough. tough. I mean, Berrettini is the 13th seed. I mean, he, he's always, for me, very, very consistent mm. at, at Grand Slams. And, and we know how you know, well he's done in the, in the past here. Sissipas has also been playing great at the moment. But, you know, there's a few unseeded players near him that I think could be quite dangerous. Davidovich Fakina is one of them. Fucevic as well. I mean, they, to be fair, could play each other before you know getting to Sissipas. But I don't think that's a, a walk in the bar. And then potentially even Maxime Cressy, I think, in the third round so I think for Sissipas yeah there's a there's a few players there I think early on that that could quite um could come out and I think quite test him it's a really tricky section of the draw I mean you wouldn't want to see Berrettini who's someone who's been a consistent top tenner who Mm. obviously due to some injury in the Wimbledon point situation uh his ranking would be uh well if he was playing you'd think it would be obviously higher if he was able to play a full season so that's a pretty nightmare draw for anyone Berrettini obviously has uh, played well at the US Open before. So I've actually put Berrettini to come through that one. I think Sitsipas for me from watching some of his matches recently, it, there seems to be, I'm not sure if it's the spark missing, but some of these players are getting the better of him. I think maybe they want it more. It feels like a little bit there's the hunger there that uh, rather than the burden of kind of responsibility or, uh, or kind of expectation that maybe Sitsipas has that kind of Sasha had a little while ago in terms of everyone expecting him to go further or to be the person who makes that first jump. And How do you think the crowd are going to react to Sitsipas this time round? Depends if he had... goes to the loo or not. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> or the restroom, I should say. Mm. I don't think they use the loo in America. Um, any of our North American listeners, I don't know. Lou, Lou isn't really a bathroom I once break. Asked Lou, I once asked Lou roll and got a very confused look when I was in the states. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I I've gone for Sitspass actually over Berrettini mm. if they do meet, just because of recent um, form. I guess I still think Sitspass has been of a higher level than Berrettini. However, I, yeah, I think actually from the bottom section, I think we may be getting our potentially our semi-finalist from either Taylor Fritz or I, I think Tommy Paul's in with a, oh, a, a Kim. rogue. Kim, you were doing so well no, up till Kim's that. saying that now. I've seen her predictions. She did not say Tommy Paul for the semi-final. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would have understood if you said Botic van der Zanchop because he got to the quarterfinals as a qualifier last year. That is true. Or Tim van Reithoven's. Oh, here section. we go. But it's here not a grass go. court, is it? I'd so. have more respect if you said Corda, you know. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's he's sort of there lurking because you know due to I guess injuries he's he's slipped out of the seedings. Mm. So I mean, actually, quarter pool second round could could happen. Um, mm. I'm just not convinced by Casper Rude getting getting no. Oh, I don't know. I'm just sort of on the fence about him. Kyle Edmund first round. That's a uh, again an, an interesting one. Edmund obviously been off the off the circuit for quite a long time. I'm not really expecting him to do much against Casper Rude. I feel, still feel Casper Rude will come through that quite um yeah quite easily but um yeah I, I 
as the fifth seed, I think, yeah, there's opportunities there for people around him. And I think Taylor Fritz feels like the player who could be the one, to, on one. to ultimately make the most of that. Because, you know, we saw how well he played um, at Wimbledon, you know, very, very close to, you know, knocking out Nadal. And um, yeah, I think for me, he's just going to be buoyed on by you know, playing at home. He's had a great season so far. Yeah, I think it could be it could be his moment. I think I completely agree. I I think it could be his moment. I think he's playing with a freedom, a real sort of um, uh, he looks much more relaxed than I think I've seen him kind of in this mm. US Open swing. Even though it hasn't necessarily been all kind of ten out of ten results, he has kind of against uh, Medvedev. He looked. Uh, a little bit kind of um, stuck in terms of what it would be to be able to get it past Medvedev. But I've actually, I'm saying an upset. I'm saying Carl Edmund. I think he's going to take out Kaspar Ruud. Oh, I really, really do. Really? I just no. think you're back. Over five sets? I think it will be three, Kim. Straight sets. No, but I mean, straight, straight, yeah. in a five yeah, set no, no, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying they're going to change the format for Kyle. No. <laughs> yeah. I just have a feeling. I don't know why. We're being sceptical. Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, famous last words could be yours. No, I think um, I mean, I'd love to see it. We know he has gotten deep at a slam before. So if he can pull off a... Well, Casper Rudd's been Ben Shel- Shelton. Did. Ben Shelton. Can I make that into a word? Ben Shelton. There we go. It is true. I mean, there is an argument maybe to say Rude is, is lacking in confidence at the moment. I mean, one other Brit, um, you know, we just talked about Carl Edmund. Andy Murray's got Francisco Serendolo first round. I mean, the last we saw Murray, he was just like being ushered off the court uh, in pain, cramping, um, you know, in that loss against Norrie in um in Cincinnati I don't know is having Serendolo as round one is that a good draw or is that a bad draw I'm, I'm not really sure I think it's quite bad I think Serendolo is is a very nifty like fit player and mm. I he was very I was good against I don't feel like he's gonna have a lot of weapons against he Murray. has I when I saw him in Boston his forehand is pretty mega I was really impressed with that I think okay his biggest okay. barrier is he gets down on himself very quickly. So he was playing kind of as one all or something uh, in, in the first set when I was watching him and he was already looking to his coach and shouting things and maybe he's just very passionate. But I think um, a bit like Andy Murray that you've got to uh, make sure that you stay positive throughout a match. So I think his, his head could go potentially and playing against Andy Murray is never easy. So I think it's not too bad a draw. It could be worse, right? Absolutely. I mean, let's let's have a look at the third quarter, moving down to the bottom half. And Carlos Alcaraz is the third seed here. So he's uh, top of this third section. Um, and we've also got Hubert Herkaj, Yannick Sinner, uh, Dan Evans, and recent uh, Cincinnati champion, Borna Goric. So again, qu- quite a, a like jam-packed draw, picking out those sort of key names that are coming, well, we think will come through. Surprised you haven't mentioned Brandon I, I know. Kim. I, let me get my words in, John. I was, I was just about to. He, he actually, you know, off the back of a good performance at Wimbledon, he's got a qualifier in the first round, could face Grigor in the second, who, you know, may be ill or injured. So I think Nakashima could be a... I mean, I think he could get through to at least the third round but maybe the second week that would be fun but where are you looking for for this I mean a lot of people saying Alcaraz Sinner could be um a uh, quarterfinal and then that would be obviously they played quite a lot this summer so that would be quite fun to see if Alcaraz could get the best better of Sinner yeah for me in this third quarter I think the players in the in the bottom section of it are kind of for me the where I'm looking as you said Sinner also Marin Cilic um, I think what's going to be the most you know, fascinating kind of question in this section is is Borna Chorich in terms of, you know, how is he going to be able to back up what he did in, in Cincinnati where he was, the you know, became the men's champion. He did that rel- from relative um, obscurity, I think. No one was really kind of talking about him. But the fact that that has now changed, will that change you know his, uh, you know his approach and and how he plays on on the courts in in uh, you know in New York. Does does he feel that extra pressure or that that feeling that that people are watching him? He could face Jensen Brooksby um, in round two, which could be quite an interesting match. But I would love for him to come up against Alcaraz because I think that would be a very 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 entertaining um, match. Um, so yeah, I'm sort of looking down further at the bottom section. I'm not sure if Carlos Alcaraz is going to live up to getting to the semi-finals as as the third seed i'm just maybe not sold on that 
just yet. I'm maybe looking more towards like Yannick Sinner. Um, I've for some reason got this feeling Hubert Hurkacz is going to have a very difficult opening round against Oscar Otter. Like I just think Oscar Otter is just a very difficult player to play against. And uh, I know Hurkacz has been playing relatively kind of well of late, but I don't think that's an easy round one match to, to begin with. He loves to come back from the brink as well, doesn't he, Hurkacz? Yeah, Herkash has had quite a lot of long... I mean, he obviously lost in that last set tie break in the first round of Wimbledon. So, he, yeah, he's, he'd be really looking to go deep at this slam because I think, you know, he's reached the final in Canada, didn't he? And I think he, he's worth a, a deep run. Like, he's got to the Wimbledon semis, was it last year? But um, I really hope he has a good run here. And I would... Yeah, I'd hate to see him come unstuck against Otter, but I know what you mean, Joel. Otter is a tricky... A tricky one. I mean, um, Chris, who have you got from this section that you you know your eyes on? Well, I I think on the also the courage question. I think someone who goes into a slam with that level of self belief, you know, coming through against all of those sort of top ten players and being in sort of some difficult situations and and pulling through. I think that will be very difficult to beat because I think something we've seen, especially on the women's tour, is and especially with Emma Raducanu's um, run last year, if you have the self-belief and the belief in your game, you can really do something incredible. Um, and I feel like that's some of that magic is what Borna was on uh, last week. So I've, I think he he's going to do really well here. And that's why I've kind of overlooked Carlos in this sort of part of the draw, because I do think that uh, Borna has, has showed some really fantastic tennis. And his footwork, I thought, was incredible. Um, what was it? Did someone? You showed the better tennis, I think, than Alcaraz. Yeah, and so I think someone said it's like playing Medvedev, but he can hit through the court more. Someone described him as like, mm. was that Sitsipas? I can't remember, mm. but I found that really interesting because that is a. If you say Medvedev, but he can hit even bigger, that sounds terrifying because <laughs> he's already <laughs> oh, the goodness. world number one. Um, but no, so I, I'm looking at. Uh, I can't really see past Borna. Um, I put Sinner, I think potentially, but match first round match. Uh, of Goffin Massetti, I wouldn't mind having a little watch of that. That would be um, a oh, tasty okay. one. Okay. If Joel was there, he'd be taking his snacks to that one. <laughs> as he likes to load up at the US <laughs> Open. I mean, I was looking at Evans uh, Vesely uh, because I think Vesely is a tough old opponent on his day. And I don't think that's a, yeah, I don't think that's easy for Dan Evans. And I just hope he doesn't come unstuck like we've seen him do at slams before. Um some kind of touching wood for that one. And then, like you said, Marin Cilic, you know, semi-finalist at the French this year, sort of out of, out of nowhere. So, you know, former champion as well here, not forgetting back in, what, 2014 that was. So, yeah, possibly some interesting players that could throw a spanner in the works. Jensen Brooksby also um, down at the bottom section, possible dark horse to uh, throw in an upset, although he would face Coric, yeah, second round. Um Let's take take a look, last but not least, at the fourth quarter. My favourite quarter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wonder why. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> We've got a certain Rafael Nadal back in action. He's the second seed. He's going for his fifth US Open title. Um, and actually, draw-wise, not too horrendous on paper. Um, opens no, against great draw. Open against the wild card, Rinky Hijikata. Uh, could have Karatsev or Fonini second round, um, both of whom are not quite where they used to be. Uh, but Cam Norrie at the top of the draw, seventh seed, really intrigued to see if he can keep up his solid form from you know this whole season. Wimbledon semi-finalist, can he make it two semis at, at a slam in a row? Um, and then Andre Rublev, of course, um, allowed to play a grand slam again and uh, back in the draw. Joel? Initial thoughts on the fourth quarter to start with? I, I think Nadal's got a really great draw, to be honest. Um, I think he can, you know, I, I think obviously he wouldn't have got as much time on court um, in Cincinnati as he would have liked. But I think this draw enables him to feel his way into the tournament. I don't see too many danger, like dangerous players around him. Yes, there is Fornini or, or Karatsev potentially in, in round two. But they've not really been playing at the level that, you know, they've been at, you know, like 
a few years ago. I think you know for for Nini, for example, was in the you know the twilight of his career. I think he's doing better on the doubles court than on this on the singles court. So yeah, I think Nadal's got a, a good draw. Yeah, Tiafo might be a, an interesting one. I think that could be you know really fun evening match. But I still think Nadal yeah has got kind of a strong shot coming through. And yeah, could face yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it could be a you know Nadal Nori quarterfinal I feel like Norrie always runs into Nadal at Grand Slams and you know a few seasons ago it was like more like in round two round three and, and now because of his ranking it's more like in the maybe in the in round four of the quarterfinals but um yeah I certainly think he's also got a good shot at going deep um certainly into into week two yes he has Benoit Pair in the first round you just don't know you know what sort of, <laughs> and what sort of tennis you're gonna see uh, on, on a tennis court from Benoit Pair, but um, looking beyond that though, Holger Rune I think could be tricky. John Isner as well is there unseeded, which feels very very nasty and, and difficult. So um, yeah, there's a few challenges along the way, but I think yeah, the way Cam's been playing, well, again how he handled himself in in Cincinnati, I think he's again got a a very good shot, and I would not be surprised for me if he's the the last Brit standing, um, and he lives up to his his kind of his seeding. I think in 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 New York, I can I can see that as well. I think I'm too quick to discount Norrie because he, I think obviously he's shown so consistently how how well he can play and how how well he can get the results. And players like when he beat Carlos, I thought that Carlos would very much have the measure of him as he had done previously. But you know he pulled out the win there, so um i think that he he will he will do really well here i having said that i'm now thinking i think i maybe predicted isner to come through <laughs> this part of the draw but um i'm sure i can change that but i think that would be um a tough one i think almost if you if you take uh kind of the the game away from nori so if isner's serving particularly well then potentially he can't weave sort of his web of you know that the flat backhand a bit more tops on the forehand and make players lose their rhythm if you're not so reliant on rhythm like John Isner and the way that he plays is almost uh, to hit kind of as few ground strokes as possible. I also think that um, Nadal, this is a really good draw for him. I think uh, I will never count Nadal out. He's proved us time and time again that no matter what form he has going into something, no matter what injury, no matter what is going on, you cannot discount him. So I've... um, I've got Nadal having a, a really good run here. I think it would be good to see. And he just hit some tweeners with Igor Sviontek in the. Uh... Oh, if you can beat John, if you can beat John McEnroe, I think you can win the US Open. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> we're in, we're in trouble now. Aren't yeah, we? exactly. What about you, Kim? Yeah, I, I agree. I think Rafa has got a, on paper decent draw. I just you know always have question marks oh will there be an injury or something popping up you mm. know like like at Wimbledon very unfortunate there um but Jack yeah. Sock is beating Diego Schwartzman oh definitely yeah I could see that that could be a long five setter though do you not think not with Jack Sock's fitness I don't think <laughs> <laughs> no but I think Jack's I think that's I think Schwartzman is on for me on upset alert there and I also think Denis Shapovalov hmm. against Mark Andrea Hessler, who beat Draper. Beat Jack Draper, Today. yes, exactly. He's hmm. having a very good run uh, in Winston Salem. Another player who I think has just shot up the rankings this season has been a little bit under the radar to me. I've not really known much about him. I saw that matchup against Draper on paper, and I just thought, oh. Draper will, will come through that but um, yeah I think a little bit of yeah if I was a Dennis Shapovalov fan I think that is a little bit of a tricky encounter first up um, against someone yeah that might be to him a little bit of an unknown quantity. On Shapovalov we haven't seen the best of him in a long time mm. now and I'm, I'm sort of sensing this US Open as a time when players spring to life that have been dormant and so I've as we will get on to shortly my predictions might include him. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like the US Open is the slam that kind of you get more maybe like random people. Not that he's random. He's obviously been in the semis of a slam before. But, you know, it's, it's been a while since we've seen the best of him. Not um, Xiaomi Muna. Well, yeah, Xiaomi Muna, Muna, Muna has got uh, Roberto <laughs> Caballes Baina in the first round. I'll be watching. RCB. I'll be watching that. that could go five for sure um i mean talking about predictions we are now at that stage where we've got to make some tentative (laughs) tentative ones we'll put our full quarterfinal predictions on our instagram but let's do semis and beyond for uh, the purposes of today um joel let's let's lead with you (laughs) who's your semi-final lineup (laughs) 
Yes, I'm going to be very quick here. I've got Kyrgios Sissipas semi-final one, Sinner Nadal semi-final two, final Sissipas Nadal, and I've got Nadal as my champion. I think Kyrgios is going to defeat Medvedev. I think he's going to come through that. Um, and yeah, I've just got a feeling about Yannick Sinner. Um, I think he's going to have a good tournament. Um, but yes, and, and Sissipas as well. But yeah, I've got Sissipas Nadal final. And yeah, I just can't see, you just can't count out Nadal. So I'm going to go with him. I think he's going to widen the gap with Novak Djokovic and really kind of make the most, again, of this opportunity of the fact that Djokovic has chosen not to, not to, you know, be in New York City. I think Nadal is going to really kind of, yeah, make the most of it. I hope you're right. Uh, Chris, who have you got in your semi-final? Well, I have also gone for Kyrgios. I've gone for Kyrgios Fritz, though. So I've not gone for Sitsipas there. Uh, and then for semi-final two, I've gone for Koric Nadal, a repeat of that epic match from uh, last week. And then I've got um, Fritz... Uh, coming through I think in the first semi-final and Nadal coming through in the um in the second one and then I mean I was so on the fence in terms of which um which way this was going to go and I've, I've put a note here but I think um I'm going to say Fritz it's it's the time a US winner in New York okay. that's where I've gone was going to get his own back from that Wimbledon mm. well that match where he should have he won, really, really should he's had so many like I remember Australian Open as mm. well he was up but I just think it's the time I think it's the time. Hang on, hang on. He got into him well, so what more does he want? True, true. <laughs> so, yeah. I, think, you know. I think if that final does happen, I think nightmares are going to come up during that of, of his Wimbledon, uh, you know. Mm. I, I think, you know, Wimbledon the best loss, way to work through something is to do it again, you know. <laughs> yeah, face your fears and yeah, face up yes. to them. Um, on the biggest stage no, in I, tennis. I mean, <laughs> Well, what was the last American champion? It must have been Andy Roddick, two thousand and three. I would imagine for the for the men, so that would be quite yeah, something. But I feel this year, yeah, they've got the better best chance they have in they've had in in years to to maybe have it at a US champion in in for it. So, mm. um, yeah, I've gone Kyrgios Sitsipas, same as you, Joel, for my um, okay. first semi. Then I've gone for Alcaraz against Rafa in second mm. semi, which Ooh, I think is going to be an semi. epic. Yeah, I've got shades of Vadasco uh, Rafa from... Ooh, oh, oh, I would love that. Happening. Yeah. We're going to get a new banana shot that's <laughs> just going to be endlessly played on, on social media. Yeah. Um, but my final, I've gone sits pass against Alcaraz, really? and um, that's just because I, I I I can't tempt fate with Rafa. Okay. I feel like if I predict him, I'll jinx him as well. So you know, don't and worry, I'll jinx Joel, him. Joel for has you. picked Nadal, oh, by the way. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. so I didn't. Much. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and I've gone for Alcaraz to win the whole whole caboodle. Um, although we haven't seen the best film of late, I think that he will. You know, he's he's shone a lot this year. Um, not for a while, but I think that it might all come together, and this might be his moment. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Carlos. But yeah, I, I still am a bit like, mm, how convinced am I by my own predictions? But you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> let's take a quick break now. Um, but we'll be back in the second half to look at the women's draw and also looking ahead at our collector set picks for this year's U.S. Open. So do not go anywhere. Welcome back to our US Open preview, sponsored by DownloadTennis.com. Now we're going to look at the women's side of proceedings uh, with the draws. This time a year ago, you know, we, I don't know who we would have predicted, but it certainly wouldn't have been Emma Raducanu, um, one of the greatest stories in sports ever. I don't know if we're going to see something of that scale this year uh, happening at the US Open, but well, let's have a look and see if anything might be possible. Uh Let's start with the first quarter of the draw. Iga Svontek is a top seed, world number one. Um, not not the easiest of draws. She hasn't had the greatest of form of late. Um, Jessie Pagula's in this section of the draw. Also uh, Petra Kvitova, who's in good form of late. Amanda Onisimova, perhaps a lurking, uh, you know, perhaps she could be going on a run here. I don't know. Um, Chris, what are your initial thoughts? Where do you feel that Svontek is uh is heading do you think she'd be happy with the draw that she's been given i i think it's a it's a mixed bag for her really i think 
every match is kind of tricky, especially, you know, at the start of a slam. And I think that the first a first round match, I think it's a good first round match. I think you wouldn't necessarily want to see Sloane Stevens as a potential second round opponent. Um you were always going to say that. I was. I was wondering. Should 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 I interrupt and be like, Kim? You haven't said Sloan. And then I thought, no, no, no. Oh. I'll wait my time. I'll wait my time. I'll wait patiently. But um, mm. Sloan at the U.S. Open. Uh, even if she has gone out to players, uh, she has played very well when she's gone out. I think at the U.S. Open. So I'd love to see that match because I think it was entertaining when we saw it the other week. And I think that that would be a good one to to sort of sink our, sink our teeth into there, especially that would be um, great for the tournament and for viewers. I think fans would love that one. Uh, I am backing Anissimova a little bit here. I think that it's a really good draw for her. She hasn't played that much, and I'm not really sure what her form level is like, but I do think she's put together a really, really fantastic season after obviously going through some personal tragedy following a breakout season. And I think that playing in front of home fans with that added um, support, I think she could do something really special and I think the same is true for for Jessie Pagula I think she's put together some great results some great results uh, in Grand Slams uh, great results in uh, American hard courts I think as well so I, I think that um, between uh, the Americans I think they might be fighting for this quarter. I'm a little bit sad about Jessie Pagula because or not Jesse Pugula, more Elise Mertens, because Mertens could face Pugula in round three. And I think that would break Mertens' incredible round four streak, potentially. It's like, the round three streak, so we're in the clear, Joel. Slams. We're in the clear, it's the round three. Oh, is it yes. round three streak? Oh, my <laughs> yes. bad. Okay. Otherwise, that would, be, news, yeah. Yeah, that would be headline news, <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> that would have been headline news, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, Pugula's a, a real yeah one to watch, I think, in this top quarter, particularly because... This Igor Sviontek doesn't feel like the all-conquering Igor Sviontek we saw, you know, those months ago. We're not particularly on the on the clay season. Uh, a couple of first-round matches I'm interested in: Garbina Muguruza versus Clara Torsen. I mean, we all know Muguruza's struggles on the tour recently. Can't seemingly put a lot of wins together. I think she's only had one win at Grand Slams uh, this year against Clara Torsen in the first round. Again, that for me is a very, very tough matchup. And I would not be surprised if Torsen comes away with a victory there. And I don't know, a social media announcement from Muguruza saying that she split with her coach. I don't, I don't know. But for me, that is a very tough opening match. And we've also got Yelena Ostapenko versus Ching-Wen Zheng, who did you know, so well earlier on earlier on in the season at the was it at the French Open oh yes yes she had that thigh oh no she had the um the injury didn't she she was playing Mm. against Fiontech at the French yes exactly Mm. um I think those are two players and two seeded players Ostapenko Muguruza who yeah could potentially be going out early and I think again open up this draw for the players around her, including, who knows, Petra Kvitova, who, again, had a great week in Cincinnati. Yeah, I feel that Muguruza, if if she if she beats Torsen, I'd be really surprised. Um, mm. And, I mean, certainly I just, yeah, don't see, just don't see her going far at all based on recent form. But no one's mentioned Sophia Kenin on a wild card. Interestingly, she's got... There's Yul, a reason, Kim. Yul Niemeyer of Wimbledon <laughs> fame in the first round. Well, yeah, I mean, Kenin and Isamova could be the second round, but... I don't know. I feel like she's 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 getting there. It's a bit soon, um, I feel, for Cannon, right? <laughs> yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. Well, she is a she is a Grand Slam champion. Don't what about forget. Bernarda Pera? I feel oh, like yeah. the Bernarda Pera, Pera hype died a few weeks ago <laughs> when she had all. You know, she was winning all those matches. You know, winning what back to back titles. Not really been spoken about. Again, she's unseeded here. Got Kalanina in the first round. Pera Kvitova potentially in the second round again. That could be a uh, quite an interesting. Well, she's playing the semi-final. Bernardo Perez. She's playing the semi-final of tennis in the land. Uh, tennis in the land. That's tonight. Oh. She's playing that, and she actually took out Kenin. And I saw yeah. a tweet that said the first person to take a a set off um, Perez since like <laughs> before I don't know the French Open or something crazy. So I feel like um, that's actually a great shout that maybe with that belief she could do something special. But will she have, I don't know, I feel like some players, they play too much in the build-up and then they're kind of a bit slack A mid-stage performer, I feel, maybe. Let's look at the second quarter now because we've got uh, this section with Paula Badosa, Arena Sabalenka, Wimbledon champion Elena Rabakina, uh, defending champion Emma Raducanu, Woo. 
uh, as a renker of of her, you know, recent announcement, which is slightly <laughs> underwhelming uh, about her podcast. Venus Williams. Venus Williams. Belinda Benchich. Plishkova. I mean, this is a very stacked section. Oh, and Naomi Osaka as well. Um, she's also uh, flung in there. Got Danielle Collins first round. I don't know where to start with this section, to be quite honest with you. I mean, okay, first of all, is, a, is Emma Raducanu getting out of this quarter? Absolutely. Yes or no? Absolutely. No. Without a doubt. No, no. She's not even getting out of round one. <laughs> I know. I, I'm with you, Joel, on this I one. I will never say... I mean, Raducanu did something amazing. <laughs> and I think she's probably played She's played more matches and showed more form than she did last year, potentially, uh, coming mm. into that this. That is true. So... Once you've done the, the double bagel of Serena and Azarenka, no matter what stage of their career they're in, I reckon you can handle an Elise Cornet. That's what I'm saying. Well, Elise Cornet, I think, is also in the semi-finals of a, to- a tournament this week. Is, she, is it in Tennis and Land in, in Cleveland, I think, maybe? Yes, she is playing at the moment against Sasnovich. Well, she has just reached, I think, 500 tour level victories. And again, I think that is going to be very tough for Raducanu. I saw a graphic around what ranking Raducanu will drop to, uh, you know, based on you know, when she goes out, she goes out in round one, round two, etc. And uh, I, I, I could very much see it. I could very much see it happening. Cornet is going to be very, very tough. Um, you know, if she comes through that, then great. And I think there's, there's opportunities there to go further. But the fact that also Naomi Osaka, unseeded Naomi Osaka is lurking um, again, could be a very very tricky one i mean interestingly naomi osaka has got danielle collins in the first round um an unseeded naomi osaka i feel like i feel like it's quite easy to forget naomi osaka is in these draws at the moment given the lack of consistency she's had match practice it's not the naomi osaka we really have really seen i feel like you know the us open you know those years ago when she obviously beat serena williams in that final but Against Danielle Collins in the first round, that again is a, a bit of a, for me, a bit of a blockbuster. One of the, the highlights, certainly. Yeah, I've got, um, I think, Collins coming through that, actually, uh, which is a shame for Osaka and, and those that may want her to go on a run. I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but uh, it's tough. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really cracking match. I expect that would be on a, on maybe Arthur Ashe. Or, night uh, session it could be, maybe. Armstrong night session, could yeah, be. I'm kind of envisaging that. But there is so many, like, top top matches as well that could be could be also on um I mean what about Rebecca you know Wimbledon champion hasn't really impressed that much you know since then she's she says that she's been like not really feeling like a Wimbledon champion you know she didn't get that boost in ranking because of the, the lack of ranking points and um I don't know I, I have, I'm not expecting too much of her which is perhaps perhaps a good thing perhaps going under the radar still despite having just won a slam is is what she would actually benefit her what do you think oh i think it's uh i think she did say she wasn't able to train in the way that she wanted to coming off the wimbledon win potentially i think a few players have said after slams it's very hard to kind of get the routine back with all the different media p- pieces you have to do and all this i guess the celebrations potentially but i haven't picked rubikina for this section as i say i mean Guys, I think maybe you're you're tag teaming me on this because I've gone for Raducanu and I also think that Saka's going to come through against Collins. So um, <laughs> maybe having three people means that like uh, I can I'm, I'm the alternative. Uh, I, I'm not. I've got no pressure on me. I can I can say these things, <laughs> um, these throwaway sort of predictions. But I do think that Collins doesn't do well against other big hitters. She does well when she's able to dominate, and I think. Against Serena, for example, she's got a, a not great record. Against Osaka, she doesn't have a great record. So if Naomi is uh, is making the court and she's um, she's playing she's playing well, I think. I mean, I wouldn't bet against her for that one. Uh, I also think that Bencic, she had a quarterfinal here last year. She's had some great form. She's had a semi final here before. I think she'll have a good a good section. Um, and I do love Petra Marte. I do love her. I think that potentially. She um she could have a good run and maybe take out Bedosa. But what do we think about Bedosa? Anyone anyone got her uh, going to the semis? Nope. Nope. Um, <laughs> really? I don't think she's I've in any Sabalenka form. Sabalenka to do better. I have yeah. you? Mm. Yeah, I think Sabalenka showed 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 you know form in Cincinnati. Got to the semifinals. Um, yeah, I think her if she can get her service right, and it sounds like she's been working on that really really hard over the last few months. I think it could be a real force and a real weapon 
um, you know, on on the courts here. So yeah, I've got Sabalenka as my, you know, one of the higher seeded players in this section to do quite well here. I mean, Karolina Pliskova again, completely under the radar. I think that's where Pliskova is probably the most dangerous. Um, could also be, you know, one one to watch. So then, Jolie, you have the same mindset. I think I've seen that people are are saying that seeds five to eight. Obviously, this the exemption of. Um, eager but seeds five to eight might be a bit more dangerous in the women's draw than the seeds one to four mm. in some of these sections yeah along with kaya kanepi who's unseeded and Ooh. you know could face sabalenka in, in round two and kanepi had what she had that good run to a, fo- to a final i can't remember which tournament it was a few weeks ago so yeah i mean she again could be a very dark horse just kind of coming through you know we know that she loves playing higher ranked players in, in grand slam so again that could be a player to watch it's anyone's Marie this quarter. yeah it could be marie buskova's quarter it could be it could be anyone's, anyone's yes uh let's look <laughs> at the third quarter to see who's this could be um Hallett, simona Hallett. simona Hallett is seventh seed uh, <laughs> a lot of people saying she's far and away like favorite for this quarter uh coco goff also in there Caroline Garcia of the Renaissance mm. fame. Uh, Beatrice Haddad Meyer as well. Maria Sakkari as the third seed. Yeah, I see what you mean about the seeds one to four mm. being less, I don't know, less. I'm less excited about the top four seeds, which is a funny thing to say. Um, yeah, what are we thinking? Are we thinking Halep's got this nailed on unless she's sort of yeah. fit slash injured? I think Simone Halep has got yeah. this quarter jill tightman is it could be quite tricky for her i think um as, as a test but certainly i think simona hallett has been playing some of the best tennis on the tour on the women's tour recently um and i know she you know had to pull out of, of cincinnati but yeah i've got i've got, got simona hallett here i'm interested to see how had admire does because you know again we spoke about it previously on the pod she had all that hype going into Wimbledon and then dropped in dropped and flopped in in round one and again she's played really really well in the build-up to the US Open so she's got Konyuk in the first round who's again can be difficult on her day um but yeah I'm I'm, see, want to, I'm curious to see what if her approach changes and ever and whether she can go further what about Bianca Bianca is also in this section of the draw she um she opens, I believe, against, it looks like Harmony Tan. So never an easy Ooh, first round, Harmony the old Tan. Harmony Tan. That's what <laughs> I've heard. I think um, there's, again, I think the depth of the women's field is that we're, we're looking at these quarters and we're, and, we're, uh, and we're saying there are so many players that we think we could see doing well if they're, if they're playing to form. Like there's Georgie in here as well, who's unseeded. Mm. Daria Savile's playing well. Coco, yeah, obviously. Tatiana Maria. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty... Um... Diane Parry. I mean, yeah, I just I mean, literally almost anyone. We're saying is. names now. Like, it could be... It's any, well, again, we said that for the last draw, but I think... Um... I, don't, I don't think Rebecca Marino is going to win. <laughs> I also don't think <laughs> that. Yeah, I, I'll give you that one. Um, Madison Keys, though, I've got her uh, putting in a solid performance. I think that she mm, okay. she's yeah. played well in New York before. I don't necessarily think she's going to win the title, but the courts suit her game and she's been um, getting that confidence back and getting some more match time in. I think that could be very good. But I mean, this could be the perfect time to discuss. Is this Caroline Garcia living up to her full potential? Is this the crowning glory? I would love that. Me too. But I just think at a slam, I just don't. I just think she's still too nervous of a disposition. Oh, she won't serve it out slam. even if she's... That's exactly. Guaranteed. She needs someone to so, give it to her at the end. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, I. Yeah. I can't predict her. I don't. I don't. I don't. But the doll curse, maybe as well. A, maybe semi-finals. I mean, that would be the furthest she's ever gone. She's only got to one Grand Slam singles quarter final. So even just getting to that point again would be an achievement. But maybe I'm being cynical. I feel like Joel and I are the cynics of amongst us today. <laughs> the new blood uh, is all positive. <laughs> um okay well we're very positive about Simona Halep I guess um I'm positive about Coco Goff as well um I think she's like under the radar a little bit but consistently there thereabouts got to the French final um let's look last but not least at the fourth quarter um Annette sorry Annette Contevay is the second seed um that is interesting I know I know that's where her ranking is and but I've been genuinely has there ever been a second seed that we're probably less 
convinced by based on the form book and I mean she hasn't been playing well all year so this is a you know I mean on Shabor as the fifth seed is probably really realistically um the higher seed to come out of this one <sighs> Shelby Rogers she? though I, Shelby I don't Rogers think so though on Shabor's again not been playing great well, tennis I feel over who, the last who are we going for then? Kazakina? Yes, we Shelby are. We're, we're going Kazakina. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Harriet Dart, first round. I think Kudometova could be an interesting one. What about Sam Sonova? I mean, she's not seeded. Oh, but she's been she's playing just... really well. Yeah. I think Tom Janovic, Wimbledon quarterfinal, yeah. didn't get those points. I think she'll be... Mm. She's played uh, some great tennis in the US Open. Well, she's got Mukova, Mukova first, first round, round, which is a great mm. un- both unseeded matchup. Joel, I reckon you'd be at that one if you were in, you in New York. Yeah, I mean, we'll come on to my predictions, but yeah, I, I've I got high hopes for Bukova. I know, you know, she's had her injury troubles in the past, but yeah, she, I, I think she's such a such a great player. But I think all the questions, uh, you know, in this quarter will be on Serena Williams because, oh yeah, you know, final final tournament, final Grand Slam, Danka Kovinic in in the first round from Montenegro with a potential. Contivate um, matchup in in round two if she comes through that. I mean, what are we feeling around her, her first round match? You know, it's not a, it's not necessarily a marquee opponent. You know, she's not facing a, a top seed. Um, is this does it, is this winnable? Like, I, I'm not sure because Kovinic had that great match, didn't she? She went against Raducanu at the Australian Open. Are you asking if the the greatest one of the well one of the greatest athletes of all time, Serena Williams? If it's winnable for her to be Danka <laughs> Kovinic, well, I, I, just just honestly, to clarify, I, honestly, based on based on the fact that she got bageled by you know Raducanu, a grand she's not been moving champion, great. Just saying, just saying. Yeah, I just I I wouldn't be surprised if she goes out in round one. Uh, Joel, you said something very different at Wimbledon when you predicted oh, Serena to win. That was, the was, that was very was true. No. Kim, we don't have to bring up that moment ever again. You didn't predict a harmony tan <laughs> being too, too much for her. I got too excited and now I'm going cold turkey. I'm like, Serena Williams, I think it'll be a nice night match, but I think and it'll, it'll be dramatic, but I am I think Serena Williams might go out in round Absolutely one. Absolutely Yeah, I, 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 I think I'm a no. round one uh, <laughs> I'm just, um, I think it'll be, oh, well, I mean, Kovinic, it really depends on Kovinic because she should sense that this is like her time to really get that big win and maybe she'll get you know nervous and uh, you know whereas Harmony Tam really bought it didn't she at Wimbledon so um, I think it all depends but wouldn't be surprised at all if Serena yeah over and out in the, in the first round but I'd like to see her go it's a good a section of, of the draw to be in though, yeah is, I mean to be fair. It, it is it is quite frankly if she can just through a few matches she needs to play herself into form which i think is scraping through it's tricky when you're 40 i think but i i would never bet against her for that first round match the only thing that i think she was also spoken about this is that she, how much she was wanted to win has got in the way sometimes of her performance and from the article it did feel like she was was on not necessarily the farewell tour, so to speak, but she didn't necessarily think that she was going to get it. She might want to, obviously, that's the desired goal to to do that and to be able to to win this. But I think there's no doubt that this is a really exciting. She's excited about this, and I think it's the pressure isn't really on for the first time in a Grand Slam for a while. Um, the question's been answered around her form probably not being there, so why not go out and swing? That's what I say. Yeah. Yep, I mean, there's arguments for that as well. Um... I'm trying to convince one of you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, all I'm saying is I just hope Jacqueline Christiane comes out as Dracula in a cape again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, onto the well, court. it's not quite Halloween yet, Joel. Give it, give it time. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like this section of the draw is, you know, compared to the other bits, uh, perhaps a bit weaker. Mm. I think Fernandez last year's finalist, but been struggling a bit um got a bit of a foot injury I believe at the moment Kazakina I think this is a good opportunity for her as well as the Shelby Rogers who you know has had some big big wins on these these courts before um and perhaps a yeah the likes of a Sam Sonova um let's get to some predictions uh semi-finals uh Chris you go first on this one who have you got in your last four okay so as we have all uh 
been made aware of. My predictions are not quite the same as Joel and Kim's on this. Um, I've gone for Anisimova Radicani for semi-final one. I think Emma will back up um, her her win from last year by putting in a great semi-final showing. I've also gone for Garcia and Casaquina for the second semi-final. Wow. And then, uh, this is where I started to get a bit surprised by what I'm predicting. I went Anisimova Garcia... But I did discount Garcia for the win purely because I think that the nerves might get her. So I've gone for Anisimova, <laughs> who actually didn't play the last match she was supposed to play. She withdrew. So again, it reminds me of when I predicted Krajikova for the final when she hadn't played for the entire season. So not feeling confident on this, but <laughs> I've said it. It's on the pod. <laughs> There's no going back no now. Going back. Um, I'll, I'll go next, shall I? Um, so for semi-final one... I've gone for Pagula against Pliskova. Um, and then I've gone my semi-final two, Coco Goff against Shelby Rogers. What? And I've got a Pagula Goff final with Goff winning. So I've gone all American. Ooh, wow. Um, yeah, three Americans, three Americans in, the in my last four, mm, and actually. Yeah, and and Pliskova, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've only I've only got one. I've got Jesse Pagula against Arena Sabalenka. Mm in my semi-final one. And then I've got Simona Halep, Kudometova in the bottom semi-final. I've got a Pagula Halep final with Simona Halep as your ladies singles champion. Um, I feel like I've, I've predicted Simona Halep winning slams before on the pod and it's not come to fruition, but I think it just might this time around in New York. I mean, that would be stunning if she did do that because... Um... And we wouldn't hear the end of it from Muratoglu. No. I mean, she's only, I think, made it to the semis at um, the US Open. This is the only slam and she hasn't reached the final yet. Mm. So, uh, I mean, I'd, yeah, but I'd love her to, to get a hardcore slam under her belt. Um, well, that brings us pretty much to a close. But there is one very important thing we need to do before we do um, finish for the night and get back to the US Open qualities, which is announce our collector set uh, picks for this edition um we've got a new prize haven't we as well guys we've got tennis weekly branded mugs uh well so they've been upgraded um so that i haven't actually got mine yet oh well you'll have to win collector set then to get one won't you (laughs) that's what i got told the only way i was allowed one is if i won collector set that is very true they will become available at some point but i just have not to earn it it. Yeah, yeah exactly so um well, I'll give each of you the honours. Uh, Chris, would you like to unveil our mail picks for Collector Set? Absolutely. It is Daniel Medvedev, Taylor Fritz and Carlos Alcaraz. Ooh, very difficult to predict those. And Joel, our female picks? Our female picks are Emma Raducanu, Simona Halep and Caroline Garcia. Is the renaissance going to happen or not? <laughs> well, it's kind of already happened, to be fair. But anyway. We're going to um, have to gauge that by the, the answers that we get in. Exactly. Let us know, listeners. <laughs> uh, get your predictions in before the start of play on Monday. So you've got about three days. Um, so tweet us, Facebook us, um, email us, uh, Instagram us, however you like, um, to let us know your predictions. Um, and that is just a reminder for anyone who hasn't played before. This is... Uh, predicting what round of the tournament you think each of those players are going to reach. So first round, third round, semi-final, whatever. If you're predicting them to get to the final, we definitely need to know if you're predicting them to win or be the runner-up as well. Um, And that brings us to a close. We'll be back for round-by-round coverage of the US Open between the three of us. Uh, We'll be bringing those pods to you every other day, more or less. and I mean, last words from both of you. Do you have anything you want to get in before the tournament kicks off in a few days' time? I just hope that collector set goes better than the collector sets we've had so far this year, Kim, because the the, the winning number has been so low. And I feel like we were on such a high from last season that well, I'm just hoping I think that our a- someone will get more than three picks. Our AO was high. I think Conan, mm. who won the AO... I think it was the AO. Oh one. yes, that was it. Yes. Yeah, he did super well. But since then, it's been yeah. It's French been... and Wimbledon have been yeah. awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, come on, uh, Fernando Vadasco. Oh yes, he's in his final qualifying round today. So um, I shall be tuning in to that. It's all important. <laughs> um, Chris, any last thoughts before we wrap up? 
I would say whatever happens, it's guaranteed not to be something that we've said. So I, I think that it could be <laughs> that someone that we might have overlooked might come through. I don't, I mean, it sounds like a, this happens every Grand Slam now, but I do think that it will be, but we'll be surprised by at least one of the champions. And uh, I think either way, it sets itself up for probably the most open of US Opens we've had in years. So mm. I can't wait for it. Yeah, who knows? Maybe it's a qualif- another qualifier, someone not in the draw at the moment. Heather Watson. Linda Noskova. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But yes, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this US Open preview episode with Tennis Weekly. Remember to subscribe to us on whatever device you listen to us on to stay up to date on all the action at the US Open. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all major podcasting platforms out there. You can also listen to us on the downloadtennis.com app. And if you like what you're hearing, then make sure to leave us a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And you can follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Tennis Weekly Pod. So do give us a like and a follow if you don't already. Let us know your thoughts and feedback. Let us know your collector set predictions as well uh, before play starts on Monday. And you can also email the show if you prefer, tennisweeklypod at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our website, www.tennisweekly.co.uk. And we will be back on Tuesday at Tennis Weekly HQ to catch up on all the action so far from round one at the US Open. So I hope you can join us for that. But in the meantime, it's goodbye from Kim. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Chris. Goodbye. (laughs) And it's goodbye from me. We'll see you again soon. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.